Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely evening of Jaybird watching. I am Craig Borden, your host. I am here with Jason Lyons. Buddy, how you doing? Super duper, Alice Cooper. <laughs> One of my favorite bands and cool people in rock and roll history, by the way. There's one of his albums somewhere on the wall over here. <laughs> As well. Yeah. You know that? That would actually be the sole reason he still tours, is what I from what I hear. Yeah, so he can you know feed his else? golfing addiction. You know who else has a real bad golf addiction when it goes musically is Pantera. Imagine seeing those four out time back Daryl before he died, R.I.P. And uh, you know, just that whole crew, big long pink beard out there, <laughs> smashing it, you know, 350 right down the gut. And you're like, what? So yeah. That's almost like right up later. I was one of the best concerts I ever went to was I saw Alice Cooper on Halloween with Rob Zombie. Oh, and take, come on. take a wild guess on what I dressed up with being a 90s kid. <laughs> Me and my buddy on Halloween dressed up as Wayne and Garth and got right up That's to awesome. the front row. That <laughs> awesome. was all fun stuff. Awesome. So anyways, before we get too far in this, this is a baseball podcast. And we're here to talk Toronto Blue Jays. And to join us this evening, Henry Wright from Jays Journal. How are we doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, guys, you're referencing probably a little bit before my time, so not able to chime in a ton there. But yeah, I'm excited to to talk some Blue Jays. But this is the Jays barroom chat, so all are welcome. And yeah. uh, I forgot a beer. I'm kind of upset right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, well, shenanigans. But so, guys, there's plenty of things going on in Toronto Blue Jays baseball right now. I want to start with the big drop that we got last night, and that is Bobachette got paid. We don't know what, but he got paid. <laughs> I feel like we called this. I feel like the the discussion was, you know, the the waiting game was going to pay off for for both the Jays and for Bo. And I think, you know, we talked about this a couple of times, and it's a good deal. It looks like what three years. They're talking about the neighborhood of of uh, I think they were saying somewhere in the like mid twenty millions. Something yeah, like that for the whole, for the collective three year part, right? No, I think they were saying or was uh, it? It, it, it was it's higher than they think. Like I think his his annual is going to be higher. Yeah, than I remember me. seeing something like that too. Yeah, it, it, and I mean to that point, they haven't officially announced anything. But to that point, we were you know hearing some weird things about it. they were really only like what two million dollars, a million and a half, or something off in their arbitration numbers. Yeah, so just 
get something done and get it going. And, you know, at least they got something fixed for the next few years that they can, you know, build to build around, you know, what money is going to cost. Um, Henry, how important do you think this is for the blue Jays? Not just this now, but the, they have a lock on one of their better players. for the next three seasons. Yeah, I think it's really nice to just get it out of the way right now. Not having to do the whole kit and caboodle next year. Uh, not having to go through the whole thing for each of the next three seasons. I think this is big to, you know, help advance long-term extension discussions and probably the same for getting guys like Vladdy extended to, you know, just getting this out of the way is probably speeds up the process for every other contract in the future. Okay. Jason, what do you think as far as the contract implications, as far as, you know, obviously this is good for Boba Shett, but there's probably going to be some contract fallout fun here in the midst of all this too, because they have a lot of good talent. They're going to be wanting to lock up and maybe this was the first stepping stone there. At least they're going to get the arbitration years left out of the way for some of these other guys. Yeah, I feel like this is actually a really, really, really good deal. Uh, unfortunately for a lot of major league teams, you don't see them be able to get this sort of sweet, short contract where they may pay a little bit more during that that three years. But this is a really solid um, time for Bo to be able to audition himself, be able to turn himself into the full player that he's going to be. And then they give the Jays the opportunity either stick with him and make him a, a Jay for as long as they can or he becomes an unbelievable trade asset. And I mean, we all know, the three of us know, the Jays are deep in infield. They've got backup shortstops. They've got back. They've got guys that can come in and play. And I feel like this is huge for both Bo and for the Jays to really make him feel like he can either make his choice to stay, make his case to stay, or uh, make his case to be possibly one of the biggest trades the Jays would ever make in those three years. Uh, to acquire massive assets coming back. Yeah. And for what we're talking about here is what we don't know the financial parts of this, but he is a blue Jay for the next three seasons. Um, so the rumor, my guess is correct. Um, not, not the rumor correct, is that it's going to be something good, but the rumor is somewhere like, like 35, uh, sorry, 35 million for the whole deal. So it'd be 6 million, 11 million and 16 million are in that ballpark. But then I also read that it may be slightly higher than that. It may be topping out. Yeah, at the... But to that point, it's fixed money. And we are going to have some guys coming off of the Blue Jays payroll this year. You know, you're not going to be paying Yunjin Ryu after this season. So we might be over the tax thing right now. Even with those pieces that you're talking about back, you're either staying exactly where the team is financially currently or getting a little bit better. We might be able to leverage some of that money because Ryu ain't cheap, but would be a godsend if we get any good form of him back halfway through this season. Um, but do you think, um, and I'm going to throw this one at you, Henry, do you think this is something that gets us moving toward uh, Vlad for the next, because I believe he's got two more arbitration hearings. Does that sound so, right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's got to get it moving at some point. You know, it, it feels like one of those things. You remember when we had Donaldson, there was always the talks about, you know, extending him big, obviously pretty big, pretty different situation. Cause I, that one panned know, out, I think pretty well in our favor. Seeing. I think it worked out pretty good. Got the best years out of him and then got a, a closer for a couple of good games. Yep. But yeah, <laughs> no, I, I can like, you know, this is a, a different situation from anything I've ever seen with the Jays. So you got to imagine that they try and get it done soon. Cause y you feel like his value is only going to go up from here. So hopefully yeah. this, this works towards him getting an extension, at least, you know, in the short term, but, I don't know. We'll have to see what it looks like. 
So you are wearing the the weird teeth the toothpaste like hat. So I got to bring this question up because the only time in recent Blue Jays history that I can think of young talent being this good to be arbitration extensions kind of like candidates is literally in that area that we're talking around 2002, 2003. And you were talking about locking up Roy Halliday, Vernon Wells, trying to keep Carlos Delgado. There was a lot going on in that time frame. That's very similar to what we got going on now that they just want to hold on to that core. And you do have Bo Vlad, you know, now you have Kirk and Jansen. We're going to have to talk to Matt Chapman this before the season's over, which want I keep them. And you want to keep people like Alec Manoa very happy. So it's a lot going on there. So well, expand Jason. I can see you. Yeah. I just like, <laughs> I mean, in the, the, crank. The, the interesting thing for me here, and, and I kind of, um, you know, as you delve more into looking at some of these guys in long term and, and where they kind of want to be, I, I, a, a little while ago when the when Cody Bellinger was up as a free agent, I happened to watch um, an interview with him. And I don't know that it ever was, you know, like it was a big interview or anything, but he was talking about how genuinely he wanted to stay as a Dodger. And, you know, there was no, they didn't foresee any way. And he he was pretty open about the fact that like Dave Roberts and the, the organization went to him and said, we'd love to keep you, but we can't afford you. And you're kind of shitty. And so, you know, it, it was, it was, but it was really refreshing to, to hear them be honest. And I feel like part of, of baseball's, you know, the appeal of, of, of what we get to see is that I feel like a lot of the, the teams are honest with their players and that mm-hmm. tends to get uh, better contracts out of people and harder work. Um, I mean, obviously there's some donkey ones that have just gone on forever and, and, you know, terrible deals were made, but you're starting to see more and more baseball players really, 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 you know, earn their dough and really endear themselves to the cities that they are, are doing that to. And so it's, I mean, for me, I think it's great. I think it's great to see these guys have to work to get the money that they are going to earn. And, um, you know, I'm excited for Bo. I'm excited for the season. And like you said, I think this sets a great precedence for a guy like Chapman, who I don't want to lose. Uh, I, I, I'm a big, a big Matt Chapman guy. I really enjoy the way he plays baseball. And I feel like given a good, decently long deal, you would really see his career take off. He needs to feel like his feet are nailed to the ground. And once they do, yeah. once they're there, it's the same with wit. I feel like if the Jays were to extend wit out, yeah. I feel like the same thing would happen. He'd, he'd be like, well, I'm going to be here for five years. I might as well play the best I can play. And so to that one, I think we saw that at the end of last season, he finally got that taste of postseason baseball. And he was very impressive down the stretch for the blue Jays. And really the only guy that hit in those three games too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Sorry. I too much. <laughs> one other thing about the, you know, locking this up right now and, and making it in the short term is, seen how big all the the shortstop contracts have been over the last few seasons we can kind of see if that's his position like if he can really play there so you know if you extend him with shortstop money right now that's going to be expensive but if he he can't if he can't float there if he can't stay you know pay him second base money that's worth a little bit less that is a very 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 good point point. because that has been even when he was in the minor leagues and i was seeing him play down in (laughs) i saw him play for the first time in bluefield west virginia so it's been a bit (laughs) so um but to that point he's done everything he did that whole ways and looked like he was going to be a shortstop and now you've seen 
he's an above average shortstop, but he's not as good as any of those guys that you were just mentioning defensively. He's an offensive first shortstop. And does that make him the market Semyon of the future? <laughs> Give or take. I don't know. I mean, so, I think you're going to see start. I don't care. Start to see some of those guys play around the diamond a bit too. Like, I mean, I think as teams are less scared to move a guy out of position. I mean, look, Tatis was moved. Like, they just moved him. Like, they, they were just like, yeah, you're going to go out in the outfield for a bit. Okay. So, I think you know these guys are so athletic now that it's not a problem. You can go and play another position, and, and people aren't like, oh, you know, will he ever go back to shortstop? They don't care as long as you're making plays and and you know earning your money. Then nobody gives a crap. But it's it's when you stop earning your money and you stop looking like the guy you were. That's when you have to be able to to ring true and maybe go to the outfield and, and play two seasons where you're you, you know you have a have success out there, but. I mean, never, I don't think, have we seen it where these guys feel like they've really got to earn their dough. Like, they're getting paid mad loot, but they they feel like they've got to go out there and slug it out. Um, or or there's some kid waiting in the weeds um, that's going to take their gig, and, and teams are not for afraid to do it now. Yeah, and I guess you're picking my brain already as you're, you know, see where my segment's going here because we actually just had one of those situations that MLB is, uh, funny enough, on their uh, top 10 countdowns and stuff like that for who's, you know, what positions, one of those guys that we're about to talk about was somebody that snuck up on somebody's heels. And thank God he's still a really good catcher And Kirk surplanting. Danny Jansen is a, one of the best catchers in baseball, let alone <laughs> the blue Jays. <laughs> so um, where we wanted to take this thing next was there is all the MLB countdown shows going on for the quote unquote top 10 players now at every locate, every position around the diamond. And <laughs> I think the first time in any kind of baseball history that I can think of, let alone MLB network history, uh, they said Danny Jansen is the number nine best catcher in all of baseball and Alejandro Kirk number six. How many teams are in, have an embarrassment of riches like this behind the dish? Henry, have you ever seen anything like this in your tenure of watching baseball? Even two teams that you can think of that had two great offensive catchers. Really like nothing that I can just think of off the top of my head. Obviously I haven't been watching baseball as long as you guys, but it's not, it's, it's weird. You think how many teams are, <laughs> how many teams are desperate for catchers? Like off the top of my head, I could think of at least like 15 teams that would, would kill for a guy like this and and not even just the court sort of squeaking onto the list. Like it would be, you'd be hard pressed to name that many guys who are better than these two, especially yeah. both being good at the dish and behind the plate. It's, it's rare. It's really, really rare to have this much talent. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I 100% um, agree. I think it's, you know, and, and and kudos to both of them. I mean, Danny Jansen got hurt and he came back like a bear and Kirk rode the rode it all the way through, you know, like he, he toughed it out. He, there was a lot of games where it looked like he was really struggling to get through a 35 degree heat, you know, for your Americans. That's, I don't know, like 89 or it's 92 enough. or whatever. Um, <laughs> just get with the metric system. Um, I know I wish they would too, but it's, you know, I think that, that, that it speaks so heavily to those two guys, their character. And then what surprised me is I, I don't know if you guys looked at the other list, but I, I was surprised at how few J's made other positions of the top 10. And you look at some of the guys and you're like, "Mm, you're not a top 10 player. (laughs) You you may get paid a lot, but you're not a top 10 player. 
Yeah, we talked about it a little bit before the show. All the analysts that are on that show tend to have their own list that they show at some point during that show. Uh, but the whole thing is driven by a computer algorithm that Bill Kenny, uh, their it is you know mathematic genius guru people that you know watch too much Moneyball and <laughs> everything here um, have this thing they call the shredder, and it takes all the stats and all the projections and where the players could be over the next few years puts it into a top cocktail and spits it out on the TV. And that's what they get to talk about. So the fact that a lot of them agreed that those two catchers were still in the top 10, it wasn't just that computer program saying Jansen Kirk, easy top 10 catchers. So it is very intriguing to see that <laughs> you got to find a, a place for these guys in the lineup every day. And you do have Brandon belt in the room too. So there's going to be a lot of fun dynamics in this lineup going like this between the DH catching and, you know, outfield spots and whatnot. I would not like to see Brandon belt in the outfield very much this season, but in a pickle polar, you know, make it happen. But it, it's going to be fun to see that, especially if Danny Jansen comes out offensively, anything like he did, like you said, came back like a bear. <laughs> So, and I think that's what the real Danny Jensen at the dish looks like. Is that's all I saw in the minor leagues with him playing in New Hampshire and Buffalo. Yeah. It's finally translating at the major league level. I think. Yeah, I mean, a couple so. of years ago, he just couldn't couldn't play at the plate. It was I was seriously concerned for a bit there, but I mean, ever since these, I think it was the second half of last season, he just started hitting balls hard, like really hard. And I don't know, especially with with I don't mm-hmm. know about you guys, but I feel like the catcher position in MLB is a little bit stronger than it's been for the last little while. So to have two guys like in that top caliber is strange and really, really great to, to have that luxury, especially yeah. for a countdown that basically threw Adley Rushman right in the top three after what? 40 games, 50 games, something like that last year. So just saying, but well, <laughs> he's as, a great kid. as the father of a kid who catches, uh, I have really in the last couple of years come to, to learn how important that position is and how few there are out there. Like, there mm-hmm. are very few kids catching. We just went through, we had our majors draft last night. It was very funny. You mentioned Moneyball. There was a lot of skullduggery and, and illegal <laughs> dealings going on at the Black Bear. Um, but, you know, when it comes down to it, we're looking at, at you know, high-level 11- and 12-year-old kids where we're struggling to have, uh, we have 70 kids playing. We struggle to have six catchers. And it's it's, it's a position that you have to have, you know, you have to have no fear. You have to have buckets of confidence. You have to have the ability to read the entire diamond differently than anyone else. They are the only ones that see it that way. No one else looks at the diamond the way they do. And for me, um, you know, I played baseball to a decently high level, but you know, never anything uh, to speak of, but I always had mad respect for the catchers because they were there every single day, whether you had a crap day at third or not, that guy still took a hundred pitches behind the dish, no matter what you were doing out there, you know, getting a tan, eating some seeds, whatever. Um, So, I I mean, to see two guys make the top of that at the top level of what they can possibly do. It's, it's not just incredible. It's beyond that. It's, it's, yeah. It's a miracle. Yeah. yeah. So, so just to say, they don't call them the tools of ignorance for no reason. So maybe those kids that you're talking about just gotten smart and maybe they shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and so <laughs> just saying as a guy that caught for like one season said, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, so on that same countdown, this has been all over the baseball universe because it was 
kind of surprising to be on a pre-recorded show and be as insulting and trying to be nice at the same time. It was the most awkward comment to be slipped in, you know, MLB network TV show and rightfully blown up by Toronto Blue Jays pitcher, Alec Manoa going kind of what the hell are you thinking? And he was called out perfectly, but MLB analysis, Anthony Wrecker guys, um, former MLB player, barely in the MLB in my opinion, but <laughs> there's that, but he's still better than me as he got there. But um, more or less in the midst of this countdown, they were bringing up other people that were on the outside of the countdown looking in. And I would make the comment that I think Alec Manoa is really in the Julio Urias ballpark. That was the number 10 guy on this list for the MLB countdown. So literally, you know, inches of getting in the top 10 for the MLB top starters of this thing. Um, I'm going to read this and I say, I quote, Alec Manoa, I love you. Alec, just saying. <laughs> show, show me you'll you'll be you're willing to put a little more time in the gym and you're gonna be there constantly for a bit longer. I still love you. It's the exact quote from Anthony Racker. And the fact that, like I said, why are you even bringing that to the conversation? Is say I really would like to see him take it to the next level. That's so, a normal everyday comment in an MLB world, but you blow it up like this and to that point, Manoa brings it back and says, I put in plenty of work. My work ethic is not the problem. <laughs> He's just a big damn guy, similar to his battery mate, Alejandro Kirk, who is also just a freaking monster at the plate. And he clearly puts the work in. Otherwise, he wouldn't have went from being a not top 10 guy to being the number six guy on the countdown list. Nobody said that during that segment. Didn't say one word about it. Guys, what do you think about this? And I'll let either one of you want to chime in as far as why. Well, I just don't get it. It's like the stupidest comment on the planet. You want me to start? You want, I, it, I, I, I love stuff like this. I love it when a guy, <laughs> my favorite, favorite, favorite is when somebody that can't do it talks about it. Like, we can do this. We can do this podcast. We can talk about all of this stuff. There is no way that I am ever going to tell a major league baseball player to do something different. You know, they're, they're a major league baseball player. And and like you said, like, what did this guy have a cup of coffee? He looks like he looks like the guy that would say, go to the gym. He looks like the guy who got cut from his lacrosse team because he wouldn't put a helmet on because it messed up his hair. Like, yeah. I, I don't get it. Like, so he's a catcher. Yeah. But, one five war career, uh, uh, for his whole career. That's 552 at bats. And that's sub Mendoza line uh, batting average for all those years. That being said, I think we're past, we're, we have to be past the point of calling people fat. Like, it, it's so stupid. Is CC Sebastian throw the ball by anybody? Was he fat? Sure. Well, who cares? Like, he's doing it. He's signing big deals. He's the one that's played, you know, how long did Sebastian play? 15 years, 11, 12 years? You know, like and I'm to sure point, there was not one person in that whole entirety of his career that said, you know what, maybe you should. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Anybody ever tell Bartolo Colon to hit the gym? No, he's just fat. It's fine. Prince and Cecil Field. Yes, he's just fat. It's fine. <laughs> you know, if, if they can hit home runs and still beat you around the dish, you know, fine. Great. But we have to stop this crap with, with, you know, just a, a straight up insult to somebody. Like it's just, it's, it's just like you said, it's like, I like you, but you suck or you're fat or you're ugly. It's just leave it alone. 
No need. It was almost like how I like would like, that's like the kind of like comment I talk to Yankees fans. And it's like, I don't hate you, but I hate your team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't get it. Go ahead. Uh, Henry, if you want to add in on that. I just think it's, I mean, it's obviously a ridiculous take. And I think his baseball takes around it were a little bit questionable. I think the, the list he was, he was thrown out there kind of got overshadowed by the rest of it, but I don't know. I think, you know, when a guy like Stephen A makes a weird comment, you kind of forget about it in a day, right? But I'd never heard of this guy before, if I'm going to be honest with you. And now whenever I think about this guy, every time I hear his name, I'm going to be like, oh, it's the guy that, you know, got, got, uh, got called up by Alec Manoa because he called him fat. It's a, a little bit of a misunderstanding <laughs> of of body types. I would love to see him watch a football game. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't know what, uh, you know... It really nice to see Marcus Stroman come up off the beach in uh, Bermuda or wherever the hell he lives now and rip this guy a new one. Stroman, I, I love Stroman. I don't know if oh, you guys follow him on best. Twitter. Mm-hmm. The guy is a beauty on Twitter. <laughs> Stroman, if you ever want to come on the show, we'd be glad to have you. You're you're an animal. I love you. I'm sure he's that exact one listener we have at this moment. He is. He's right there. He just commented. <laughs> come on, Stro. We'll have you on. We'll have some shenanigans and a few beers. It'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, but to that Blue Jays fans, uh, we have seen plenty of people coming and going from the podcast. If you are listening, make sure you chime in. We want to hear you hit that chat button, whatever you're listening on. So, um, does anybody have any closing comments on the uh, what turned into a very explosive Twitter battle all of a sudden? Even with there was a little bit of back and forth with Wrecker apologizing, and, and Manoa's just like, "Come on, dude, what the hell's your problem? This is your job. You don't need to be a jerk." it was kind of like crazy so there's an and oh man i missed it i could i forgot to do that you know i forgot to change the title that's okay that's what i get for not having my producer and ken alfred here with us this evening (laughs) that's a good one though yeah i know right because i had to make the billy joel comment yeah yeah (laughs) so anyways outside of that boys i wanted to talk just a few things you know because we were just talking that we do have a shortstop locked up we have a crazy um offense here on the uh, horizon we're heading to spring we are exactly nine days away from spring training we are 50 days away from opening day what the hell does this lineup look like to you come opening day i have a strange feeling it is anchored with Bo Bichette and springer in the one and two spot springer Bo, then vlad probably but from there there's a lot of fun options that you could be thrown in there where this isn't the same thing we've seen over the last few years with Teoscar's just penciled into the fourth spot. And then you pep proper and everybody else from there. This is looking like a different lineup for the blue Jays for the first time in a while. Henry, what is your uh, aspects looking for? Like how you might construct that batting or going, uh, you know, if this was your MLB, the show fantasy team, <laughs> what so does it look I actually like? wrote a piece about something like this last year. Obviously it's going to be a little bit different because different players and I'm not, I don't want to say I'm like, I'm, I'm analytics pilled, but I, I do like a lot of the, the analytics that, you know, show sort of where you want your guys. And I'm big on having your top two guys uh, at two and five. So I'd always put Vladdy at two. I like Springer in the leadoff. Um, and Bo's always mm-hmm. been a guy that I've wanted hitting cleanup. I feel like he puts the bat on the ball a lot and he just hits too many ground balls to be hitting too for me. Um, obviously, you know, Vladdy's not great at that either, but it's, it's tough. You know, I can't, even in the times like 2015, 16, you got so many guys that you want at the top of the order that I think you get a lot of diversity there. And I'm not really concerned about the, the lefty righty thing, but you know, ideally I would have Vladdy two, Springer one, probably, you know, mix in maybe Kirk there at three. And then, get like Bo. I don't know if you want like Varsho there at five, figure it out. But 
I don't know. I think they got a lot of different ways to go, but I would imagine Springer's not getting that leadoff spot taken away from him anytime soon. Yeah, I, I almost feel like that's written in his contract at this point that he gets the bad lead off. <laughs> so, um, but to that point, the nice thing about him is uh, he doesn't have to play center field now. So, oh. and you know, I mean, I, we might I see him in that lineup spot more than <laughs> they did the last few years. The Go other ahead, thing I, I think too is I think gone are the days of putting you know your four hitter is your is your number one home run hitter. I mean, I feel like what the what. MLB has tried to establish is they almost want a good hitter. Every second hitter. Now they don't want to have a gap anymore where they're like, ah, you know, maybe he's not hitting quite as well. That's fine. We'll pair him up with another guy who is hitting well, it's hitting pairs now. And you'll see those guys like a Springer. Like you said, Springer is very rarely going to move out of that one spot. And, and I agree with both of you. He shouldn't, he's excellent. there. Um, one of the best that the game has ever seen at it. Um, and I agree with you. I feel like I feel like Bo's got some power in there. Uh, Bo could be put into some positions where he is hitting, you know, four or five. Uh, Varsho, uh, you know, he can hit the ball hard. Um, and then there's some wildcats. Like I mean, you know, like Danny Jansen. It, like I said, we go back to this. Like, he, but he was hitting home runs last year at a fairly regular clip. And every time he didn't, he hit the ball with volume. And that's what you want those guys that are in those run scoring areas. You're your four five, even getting down in your order now, because if, if the bottom of your batting order sucks, then your second inning, your fourth inning and your sixth yeah. inning suck too. So you can't have that, that colossal drop off. Like even some of the teams last year, like the Orioles were a really good team, you know, like they surprised everybody, but they had a drop off and that drop off yes. was colossal. Like they, oh, yeah. their, their seven, oh, yeah. eight, nine were garbage. And then, they go come back up to the top of the lineup and they're unbelievable. And you're like, okay, so well, you just got, you're saying that Rundo door at the bottom of the lineup. Wasn't quite cutting it. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't, <laughs> but it's, you know, and I feel like the Jays just, and, and I looked at it, you know, when you sent the thing out and I was like, Oh, you, maybe you put him here, you know, sort of what you were doing with the analytics. And I was like, I mean, you could basically just shake these guys up like dice and spin them out and just be like, gotta be a decent lineup. And then the next day go, Again and like, oh, okay, he's gonna hit fourth. Right on, let's go. Then like, Yahtzee, yeah, <laughs> Yahtzee ball. Um, but you know, I think that that says a lot for you know, and and we we were we were questioning some of the deals and and what was happening and what was going on, and um, you know, the other thing I think that it, it the fear factor that it it brings is that the designated hitter spot for the Jays now is a fearsome spot. Like if you've got like. I mean, what you've got belt, you've got, you've got anybody you can throw in there and they're like, Oh damn, him. insert name here. It'll be good. Oh, damn him, <laughs> Otto Lopez. Damn him. You know, like, like it's, there's so many guys there that can hit the ball hard and put fear into you that you're like, I don't know. Just like you said, like throw the dart, throw the dart at the board and see who's there, who gets the day off and who gets to smash homers. It's just, yeah, it's fun. It's going to be a fun season. Yeah. I do think there is something there to you pairing up Vladdy. Uh, and Springer up in the top of the order like that. There is something fun there. Um, it really wouldn't surprise me that that next pair is some combination of Kirk, Kirk, Varsho, and Bachette. What, in, you know, pick 
whatever order you want to throw. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, man. Because <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the top something five I've been Yeah. It, I do wonder, because we talked about this a few weeks ago, Henry, on the show, that Varsho's spray chart with the new dimensions on the ballpark look insane incredible (laughs) and um it's starting to make a lot more sense (laughs) the whole move and uh, like i'm more or less the only reason i was against that at the beginning is i didn't know anything about dalton varsho and now the more and more i dig into it i see why arizona diamondbacks fans are kind of pissed just saying (laughs) and so he was hitting all those home runs in giant cavernous ballparks in the nl west now he's moving to the American League East and in a ballpark that shrank just a little bit and no more shifts. <laughs> yeah, that's right there. That is going to make Danny Jansen actually a solid hitter this year because a lot of his pull is now possibly going to find some of those gaps. Exactly. I know they haven't exactly said the exact rules to where the shifting lies and whatnot this year yet, but there is going to be something for him. Guys like Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal off of the bench. With Merrifield, the guy that, you know, is supposed to be a gap the gap hitter that didn't really get to do that in the last few years. The bomb in this lineup that we were just talking about is going to be some combination of Matt Chapman. <laughs> um, you know, with Merrifield, in my opinion, just put him in the ninth spot and watch him turn that thing over for freaking Springer all the damn time. And, you know, that's if that's what the bottom of your lineup is, there's nowhere to hide in this lineup. And I don't care what Yankees fans, you know, Red Sox fans, any of them say this team's coming for them and they better get scared a little bit to the point of our first baseman. Just saying. (laughs) I think one more thing I just want to add here would be you look at the teams in the past. I remember there was a good stretch there. I felt like the only guy on the team with any legs was Pilar. And at this point, I feel like we've got a lot of guys who can move like Bo Springer, especially if Springer's not playing center. I feel like he'll be able to use those legs more on the base path. If he's not getting hurt, Kiermaier can run a bit. Varsho's not slow. I mean, you know, I feel like we got a little bit more diversity in, in, in the, in the ways we can score now. Yeah. Now, Henry I said a few, go ahead. We, Henry, would you agree? Like, this is a conversation we had a little while ago and I don't know if you heard it or not, but I, I, I am behind the theory that the reason that the devil rays are so good is because they're athletes first baseball players. Second, like they are possibly the most athletic team of play any sport I've ever seen ever. They will yeah, you see it with the, with, with the whole team, with the pitchers too. You, you can tell, I feel like there's something, I don't know what they do. I don't know what the deals with their scouts, but yeah, there's no way they're just getting, you know, all-star seasons out of Joey Wendell by just no, drafting the guys but, who hit well in high school. 
but it's it's Correct. now it that's the the mantra that the Jays are using. The Jays are going with a more athletic team. They're going to put a more athletic team on the field. You're going to see less balls touch the ground. You're going to see less guys get you know lunky, you know like like no Texas leaguers. Those are getting caught. And you know as much as much as Craig loves Kiermaier, I feel like a guy like him, you know, if he can find his wheels, then he he poses a, a serious threat along with three or four of the other guys. Like Witt's got good speed, and they're athletic. It's it's a change in baseball. You know, it's it's Manoa may be big, but he's athletic as hell. Same with oh, Kirk. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that kind no. of speaks to getting rid of Teo and especially Lourdes, yeah. who, you know, uh, Lourdes nominated for two gold gloves, but I don't know if we would necessarily think he's the greatest fielder. And that guy, rounding the bases sometimes, he was he was chugging. I think they got a, a much more athletic, you know, roster now. Yeah, for sure. And and that's not to down on anybody else. It's just, it's like, to your point, Jason, we went athletes first first, you know, guys that had a home per se, even for positions, because if you even want to talk about super athletic guys that didn't have a home, just look at Dalton bar show guys, been a catcher. He's been an outfielder. He's been this, he's been that, but all those times he hit with plus power. And now with all these shifts being gone and everything, it makes me wonder if that two something or two twenty something batting average that he was posting looks closer to two sixty to 70. You know, there's a lot of hits in there all of a sudden when you're not hitting it right at the five people standing on the one side of diamond. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's something to it. So I really am very intrigued with where this is going to go. And I'm dying to hear those rules for what the actual shift alignment, you know, how Are they're they? anchored to their quote unquote position. I'm dying to hear that. And they haven't said a word in the new rule. Are yet. They going I'm sure through... that'll come out in the first week because games, because they're going to want to yeah. have that in place before the spring games start. That's what I was going to say. Are they doing it in the spring games or are they testing it in the spring? Like I'm going down to spring training, so I'll be able to see some of it live, but um, mm-hmm. I saw the schedule came out for the Jays and I'm, I'm wondering if, if they're going to go at it right away or there's been nothing said, right? They always do that usually for these kind of new rules for um, in implementing in spring training so that the players and everybody are used to it and can build their lineups and build their planning, all that kind of stuff for the regular season. Hence, you know, the whole reason you have spring training is to get ready for the regular season. It'd be kind of nice to plan accordingly. You know, it's just how it is. But no, they have not said one word about that whole thing yet. And not to mention, the only thing I feel like they've been saying is, is did this, was it triple A they're all of a sudden doing the robot umpires in for the strike zone this year? Or is it double A they're moving it up to? It was I in a rookie league, league last I, year. I know but it, got it was one of the up. higher up ones. Yeah. Which, you know, will be interesting. That's going to be a whole nother fun thing that we're going to get to see. But, and to that point, I'm kind of okay with it because I don't get, have to get Angel Hernandez to every week. <laughs> you I know, always so think I don't insane. want him, then I see him behind the plate and I'm, and then you're like, not into it anymore. I just want the robo umps. Yeah. Even some of the good guys, when they blow a call and you can see, they know they've, they've blown it. And it's like, yeah. you know, and then th- what do you do? A makeup call that you can't do that anymore. Like it just, it doesn't, it, it, yeah, it doesn't have a, the effect anymore. Um, so uh, to be honest with you, I'm all for uh, robo umps. Um, uh, again, my other son is a pitcher and he's, he likes to paint the outside corners. And with Robo Ump, um, he's a killer with, you know, with a guy who who doesn't quite understand the strike zone or, or you know, wants to shrink it or feels like it moves around based on a, a person's height or anything like that, then that's where you can, you know, get creative. But if it's a box produced by a, a you know, a computer and, and that's the stat line, then, I mean, 
throw it to the edges, throw it to the bottoms, throw it to the tops. And, and you'll see some of these guys, again, I think this, you know, speaks to some of the pitching that we have too, where some of those guys weren't getting calls this year. I think you're going to start to see them get, get calls. And um, that can help a guy like Barrios, like huge, because he's a nibbler. Hans Nibbler, yeah. I like to. Uh... Hans Nibbler, he says. <laughs> you need to stop watching Die Hard like constantly, and you'll be <laughs> my favorite Christmas <laughs> be awesome. movie. <laughs> so there it is. Um, is there anything else you guys want to add on the lineup construction conversation here before I we shift to some more random and fun things? Random and fun. Random and fun. Random and fun. Yeah. yeah shenanigans. <laughs> so first things first, we're still talking spring training. I, have you guys seen the wonderful new hats that they get to wear this year? They're finally going a little bit further away from the normal. As much as I liked them for a while, just the regular Maple Leaf hat with the Blue Jay logo on the back kind of starting to get a little old to me. And so I'm kind of glad that they're finally moving back and I'll bring it out on the screen here so everybody can see it. But have you seen the new hats yet? I have. They're, they're quite similar to last year, right? Was it last year that? But that logo was only on the back or the side last no, year. No, it was wasn't on the it? front. The one where it was like the, okay. just the white outline on it, right? Yeah. So that's where we're at now. Is these wonderful new fifty fifty or fifty nine fitted hats from Toronto or the new era hat stuff? Um, honestly, I I actually almost bought this hat the other day, and it, it didn't have the spring training logo on it because they're, they're actually selling it on the Jay's shop already. It, well, sorry, they were selling on Fanatics because that's all that anything is anymore. <laughs> but it was nice to see them kind of go this avenue again instead of something different. And it wasn't that horrible Fourth of July hat that you know basically had the American flag in it. <laughs> and so, yeah, just saying. Well, I'll tell you guys this much: I love the design, I love the the colors, I love the colorway, and I have a number of these uh, the the um, the trucker the fullback trucker backs and. Mm-hmm. I mean, for heat of the summer and all of the rest of it, I'm so surprised that they have stuck with wool hats going, sticking through the whole year. I mean, this is the way to go. This is the the way of the future. (laughs) This lets your head, your head breathe. It helped. I would assume, you know, we all have full heads of hair, but yeah, I I was going to say, if you're not Jake Berger, it's probably a bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm like, this is like the first time in a while. I'm not sporting my own personal boba shed here. Got into management at work. I had to clean it up and not look like that person anymore. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, but anyways, um, I this is making me wonder what the rest of the jerseys look like. But I figure they're still going to go with what they've been doing the last few years, just the blue alternate jersey, and then it's kind of peppered in in the actual Blue Jays logos, little like Blue Jay logos and palm trees and stuff like that. It was kind of cool. So in the lettering, it had that. Um, so. It was cool to see them move in this direction, but has anybody else looked at any of the other merchandise or anything that's been <laughs> flying around? I, mean, I was just going to say, I always get, you know, I don't mind this, but I always get a little bit jealous when I see teams like the cards getting like little throwback logos and stuff on their spring training. And we just got the normal one. I, I always kind of wish we got, you know, something a little bit interesting on it. Maybe get a little nineties logo in there. Oh yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. Maybe to that point, I, as much as I'm not a fan of the logo on your hat, it is kind of fun. Oh, <laughs> so I, would, I love it for that. Because I, I do I, think I would much the, rather these stay retired. Yeah. And then there's the, uh, you know, I, I they've shown it online a few times. Um, somebody repainted a picture of Lad Guerrero wearing the black oh. Angry Bird j- Blue Jay jerseys. I'm like, you know what? For right now, fine. If you want to do that on a what they used to call a flashback Friday, great. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but I, 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 would, I was like that second logo they had, the one that was like the, you know, Pat Hankin winning the Cy Young award year with the, it was the big maple leaf with the little blue Jay on it. That one yeah, was always absolutely. one of my favorite, 
if I had to pick another Blue Jays logo as the one we have right now, and then that one. <laughs> I'm so. always going, uh, I-, I love the powder blue. I am such a sucker for it. Um, I say more powder blue, get you to like, like, I wouldn't mind if they had a, a full pouty uni, uni. Like, I mean, it's just, I love that color. I think it looks so nice against grass and, you know, they can mix it up with a, I don't love it when they mix the red with it. I think that it starts to lose the fact that it looks like Jay's gear, but yeah. uh, well, then you better hurry up and look at the spring training Merc on the Dededen Blue Jays website, because that's where all the spring training Merc gets posted first. Yeah. Um, a lot of blue, baby blue in here, man. Yeah. See, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I should be, it. I should be in marketing. For baby, baby. You know, there's one right there. It says spring training. Huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, but I actually last year to see some of these are off the bat this year. It's too bad. It's so far away from me right now. But last year when I was, went to spring training, we went to the, go, uh, pick one for you. I know Dodgers, <laughs> uh, white Sox facility. And they had these really cool t-shirts that had a, sh- a sugar skull on them. And it said spring mm-hmm. training, you know, da, da, da. And I wanted the Dodgers one, but it was sold out. The last shirt they had in the building, we were there for the first day of spring training. And they were all sold out. I got a white socks one. So it's a sugar skull with a hat and has white socks. It's like pink and light blue. And it's so much fun. I get people asking me about it all the time. There it is. Winning starts here. There you go. (laughs) I like that one too. That's kind of (laughs) cool. It won't fit. I don't know how how relevant this is, but last summer I worked (laughs) actually at the Jays games in the shop and they're, they're very, very insistent that it is in fact, new blue, not powder blue. They're a little bit aggressive about it. (laughs) (laughs) And to that point, there is something to that. And I can see why they, because you know, the sad thing is I unfortunately think of Randall Gritchick coming out at Winterfest that one year with the the new blue classic (laughs) face of the franchise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the franchise at the time <laughs> um, comes out wearing that, and uh, in the midst of that, um, there wasn't. It's a. Li- it's got a little bit of a different tint to it. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's not the cards blue. No, correct. Or the Phillies. Oh, those are beautiful. The Phillies. Oh, I do love that blue. Yeah, the best. Um, so, but I mean, like you to said, the quasi Philly yeah. fan here. I like. Well, I'm a Mike Schmidt fan. Let's get that straight. I'm not a Philly Schmidt. fan. I'm a big fan of Mike Schmidt. Um, but you know, I, I love it when they get creative. Like why the hell not like have some fun. Like the, what the team down, down the I five for me that I don't like, they have some of the best throwback logos, like the old Mariners trident. God, that thing is tight and they've got it on everything now. So I've even oh, seen they threw that into the Kraken logo. So you've got to be a little happy. Yeah. yeah well, I mean the, the, the Kraken's colors are killer. There's the, I don't know why people have stayed away from that colorway. It looks great on the ice. It looks good when your uh, people are wearing it. So distinct, like you know exactly who it is. But be creative. Yeah, I, I love it when they get going with this stuff because you know it's it's it, it's supposed to be fun. It's it is a game, and it's supposed to be fun and creative. And you know, like I love the City Connect jerseys, and I love the you know I love the fact that Colorado went with green pants. Like, oh, come beautiful. On. They're beautiful. beautiful. And, and to the, that point, Padres Brown. Yeah. And, and these are the things I, I, I was, when I was writing for Jay's journal back in the day, I was the minor league writer because I have a strange, you know, fixation on just how much fun minor league baseball really is. And if you haven't seen the movie bull Durham, you have to watch it because that just shows the exact level of insanity. That is minor league baseball and playing in it, um, being around it enough that, uh, here I'm not just in New York and no, no, see, you're going on. Which one is that? So that's the Vancouver Canadians throwback Mounties one that's from last year. Mm-hmm. It's a great hat. Yeah. Nice. So just to be this person, because I got some, you know, fun 
minor league baseball icons for you that you might not be aware of because it's just like i said fun from my travels i'm sure every, you know you've heard of the savannah bananas and all their shenanigans and <laughs> some of their kind of things like that but do you have any idea what the macon georgia baseball team is called i do Ooh, this guy knows it's the macon bacon <laughs> there it is <laughs> and do you know the story behind it so I do not know the story. So please indulge me while the, I share this logo with the universe because it's the awesome. amazing. The guy who who <laughs> who it was is running the Savannah bananas like right now. Oh, it's so good. So the guy who's running the Savannah bananas right now was running a, a, a really 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 minor league team, and the jo- the job came up with Savannah, and they were not called the bananas at that point. So yeah. this guy went and applied for the job, and they told him that. Uh, you know, the, the, the ticket sales were down to like a couple of hundred a game and they were just getting crushed. And so when he was waiting to find out, I know so good (laughs) when he was waiting to find out about the, uh, the job, he read a PT Barnum's book about the Barnum and Bailey circus. And he thought to himself, well, I'm going to try this. And so he went to Savannah he applied to change the name. They did a big contest. They came up with the Savannah Bananas. They did all this marketing. He wears that yellow tux. You can see him in that picture for every game. The promotions, if you guys have not gone and, and watched any of the stuff on the Savannah Bananas, go tomorrow. It's insane. So yeah. Macon, do yourself a favor. It's interesting because they're yeah. like dancing on the field and Macon was like the players the, while, the, while, the, while the game's going on. They're really weird. Yeah. But Macon <laughs> was in their league. And they were called the Macon Bulldogs, I think, or something like that. And so they went yeah. to them and said, guys, let's start having some fun here. And again, they came up, they said, let's challenge and let's let put it out to the people. And so Macon Bacon came back and they went with it. One of the other teams they play against is the, I don't know if they're from Savannah, but they're called the Party Animals. And their jerseys have no sleeves. They're a, tuxi- a pink and black and green tuxedo top. Dude, it's, I, I it's mean, funny. if my kid <laughs> makes it, anywhere near that and he's like dad i'm gonna go play for savannah but like you go and i'm moving there you enjoy it they're doing a (laughs) have you guys seen they're doing a tour all across the united states they're playing in all so there's a rumor playing with college kids and stuff like that right there's a rumor they're gonna play in vancouver so um it, but you're they're going to have to like, like a, sit in the outfield and actually like comment that one for us yeah (laughs) oh if they come here i'm there a million percent but uh, i mean i think it's so cool that's, and there's a whole bunch. If you guys are into hats and jerseys and all that stuff, go check out the the M I I L B. Is that right? There's like the M I L B. There's a team called the Biscuits. There's like oh, the yeah, Montgomery Biscuits, of course. Yeah, the Isotopes. Back there's the, the Jackalopes. Yeah. There's so many good ones. The so and I I've been to the Albuquerque Isotopes because you you know you got it, the Simpsons connection. You have to do it right. <laughs> so, uh, but the the team they play all the time was a town I got to spend way too much time in in El Paso, Texas. The El Paso team is the Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. It's a little pissed off Chihuahua on the hat, and it's they were they're the Padres team. They were won, they won the championship like three years out of yep. five or something like that to begin their. <laughs> another uh, great logo, that one yes oh, um, and to that point they uh made it kind of like uh a spin on what used to be the they used to be the el paso friars way back in the day when they were still right. a triple day day so it was kind of like this kind of like drunk looking uh you know monk swinging a bat <laughs> it was kind of funny but um one of my other personal favorites jason you maybe know this one do you happen to know what the uh rocket city which oh, is in alabama you know it, Henry? 
Is it the trash pandas? Yeah, trash pandas. Are 100% trash percent correct. A la Rocket Raccoon from the Guardians of the Galaxy. And it is this freaking cool. <laughs> no, it's so, so awesome. It is just it's a so raccoon good. in a rocket trash can because that is where the, if as far as history goes and what is currently still there, that is where the NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab is in the U.S. here. So that's the oh. guys that literally were, if you don't know your history, the guys that more or less, you know, put, landed people on the moon and put satellites in space and everything started with these jackasses goofing around with rockets in their garage. And then NASA goes, Oh, you guys don't want to move. Okay, fine. We'll fund you. And then the jet propulsion lab becomes a thing in, <laughs> in Alabama. So it's crazy. Pretty cool story. But I just thought it was fun, hilarious. Some of these things and not to mention, look at that. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> what the so kids good. hanging out. So good. So, and then I haven't been there, but that's a pretty impressive little minor league ballpark, you know? So that's kind of like, Fancy version of what we got here in Rochester, New York for the Red Wings. So it's pretty good for uh, what I think is only a single or a double A team at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Can't remember. Yeah. But I mean, it's, so. it, I think it's, it, 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 it's all sort of speaking to it. Like the grassroots stuff for baseball right now is exploding. Like the, have fun the, with and, it. And Savannah Bananas are, are leading that charge. Like to watch the, the, the lower level baseball. Like I said, like we have Nat Bailey Stadium here and, and the Vancouver Canadians have played there forever. And um, it holds 3,600, maybe, maybe. And it is sold out. It doesn't matter if it's a nooner. It doesn't matter <laughs> if it's whenever the game is, rain, shine, whatever, it's sold out. And it's so cool to watch the city get behind this team because we constantly have the argument here, could we have an MLB team? Could Vancouver support an MLB team? I mean, we got... We got hoodwinked by the NBA. The, the Grizzlies could have easily stayed here. Stu Jackson did us dirty on that. But that was the plan the whole time. The plan the whole time was to not have the Grizzlies stay in Vancouver, which sucks. But it's the truth. Yeah. So the other part of that is, could we make a Major League Baseball team? Uh, I mean, we definitely could. It's, it's going to happen. You built, if you built the stadium the right size and you built it in the right place, then you could definitely make it happen. Baseball is exploding right now in this city. Like, I mean, um, some one of the suburbs of Vancouver is Coquitlam. Um, their 11-12 program um, is massive, like hundreds and hundreds of kids just in that 11-12 group. And it's so cool to see, um, you know, for I'm in Lynn Valley in, in North Vancouver, and uh, our little league is about... 700 strong which is pretty good for a little tiny part of north vancouver um yep. you know so it's the game is strong the game is growing and i feel like one of our biggest misses is that we don't have you know a big a big team to go see the, the canadians are great but i mean if you put an mlb team here it would crush there you go. So on that note, let's talk last things here because it's about, you know, 52 minutes into our show here. I want to wrap it up because this is an hour long show because we want to make sure we get all our Toronto commuters something fun and shenanigan level to listen to on their commutes. So blue, as far as spring training, I said, it starts here in nine days. The Toronto Blue Jays have plenty of things to look forward to. Lots of fun coming our way. Henry, I'm going to ask you, what is the you know, what is the thing you're looking forward to the most this spring and, or your favorite thing about spring training? You know, every year I'm always like, oh, I can't wait to see the young guys. Can't wait to see like team Martinez. And then it comes and I really just want to see Vladdy hit again. Right. Once it comes <laughs> up, I just want to see the guys play again. I, I always forget how much I miss baseball until it starts back up. 
Yeah. And to that point, um, I forgot to mention this actually, but it happened about five minutes before we went on the air today. They announced the broadcast team for officially for Sportsnet. And shockingly enough, uh, joining Dan Schulman in the booth to, on some level, the analysis again will be Buck Martinez. So I was very shocked to see that. And I was very intrigued and very happy to see that because that means he must be doing better and wants to get back to some normal things. And then, um, what was the, you know, Jamie Campbell will be on the regular show with uh Siddle and everybody still and Siddle will apparently be in the booth some too. And to I me, was that's say, also I'm a big Siddle fan in the, in the booth. Yeah. He did a great job. And him and Shulman together. Oh, oh. that's just that stuff of baseball production. Dan Shulman is like butter. He, for a guy, I was in radio for a number of years. And when you hear somebody's voice, there's about nine or 10 people where I've heard their voice and you're just like, God, I could just, you could just narrate my life and I would be so happy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, I like Shulman. I think he does a phenomenal job and um, great to see Buck. Buck lives in Florida though, doesn't he? Thanks. So. Yes. so I think that's probably why he's doing that. I think if he'll do Jay's games this year, he might do it remote. Like he did it, um, you know, uh, during the, during the season, uh, but it doesn't yeah. make any difference. He seems to crush it. Um, yeah. he's so good and to that point. If he's happy, he can do it as long as he wants. Yeah. Darn right. <laughs> I, I listen to him. I got nothing but time for him as well. Um, yeah. and good to see Sportsnet carrying every game. Uh, I mean, I, I know some of them are duds and some of them are going to, are, are going to be tanks, but like you said, Henry, there's something about knowing that Vladdy's going to go up against the 11th pitcher from oh. the Padres, you know, and and he's got a chance to hit one 500 feet that you're like, I might just watch, you know, TV might well, be on. Not just to that point, does anybody remember how hard he hit that one off of Jordan Montgomery last spring with yeah. <laughs> for the Yankees? Oh, my God. I think still might not have landed. <laughs> so very interesting. I'm just looking forward to the, like you were saying, like you were saying, uh, Henry, it's coming back. We're excited to see everything. As soon as that music hits for the, the Blue Jays broadcast, it's like, yep, I'm, I'm good. It's going to be a, a fun time here for a little bit. So. I know, right? It's perfect. Jason, what are you looking forward to or the most exciting thing to see so far this spring? Well, again, I, I agree with Henry. There's a, there's a number of youngsters that I want to see. I, I, you know, I want to see how they do. I want to see how they perform. I know they're not performing against the best, but as it gets, as it gets into the dog days of spring training, that's where I really like it, where you start to see a guy who has clawed his way into the lineup. He's now playing his third game and you're like, Oh, who is this cat? You know? And, and, and you see some guys really, you know, it's their life playing out right in front. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It's, it's, it's a 19 year old that's getting his, you know, his first shot, or it's a 27 year old who's never had a shot and he's finally got it figured out. And, you know, so that's, I love the drama. I love the, the storylines that come from that stuff. Uh, and then just the, the, the purity of, of how much fun they have at spring training. Like guys are laughing with guys, guys haven't seen guys, guys are pulling guys, batters gloves out of their back pockets. And so, you know, like, it's just, it's good to see, um, you know, how much fun they do have. And if any of you guys out there get to go spring training is so much fun when you're going to their, like their exercise days where they're just hitting and stuff like that. You can hear them messing with each other. And, and like I said, hiding guys bags and, you know, taping up their batter's gloves into a big ball of tape like this. And you know, there's like five sets of batter's <laughs> on gloves. On photo day, they write a face on the bottom of your bat yeah, and you get yeah. a baseball card made with it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's the Billy Ripken. <laughs> and Henry, by the way, if you haven't looked that up, I'm not kidding. There is a, a full on awesome. published tops baseball card for Billy Ripken that he's holding the bat like this. And on the knob of the bat, somebody wrote face on it. <laughs> 
<laughs> hope that uh, hope we thing. bring that back this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the level of shenanigans. You know, you're you're with these guys for a, the better part of a year. You got to have some fun. You can't just sit around and you know. You got to have. It can't be all serious. And to that point, yeah. I think that's some of the Blue Jays have done over the years really yeah. efficiently with this new core and everything. I just hope that losing to Oscar Hernandez and Loris Gurriel Jr. aren't too big of a hit on that avenue to lighten the mood in that ball in the room. So. But to that point, it's going to be very interesting to come spring here in the next week. Henry, this is that point of the show where it is your shameless self-promoting time. Tell the Blue Jays fans where they can find your work and anything else you want to plug or talk any recent articles or anything you would like. It's your time. Uh, Yeah. So like Craig said, uh, right for Jays Journal, check me out there. Uh, I've been doing a lot of season previews lately on some players. Um, Should be starting on another one just tomorrow. So. Hope to get that out soon. Check my stuff out there. I write about the Oilers at the morning skate. You know, check that out if you want. And uh, follow me on Twitter. It's uh, Henry Wright with a, a one instead of an I. There you go. And Blue Jays fans, obviously, Henry will be back because we, if you haven't noticed anything in coming in the past weeks, uh, we have a little bit more going on here with Jays Journal on our show because we are the official podcast of Jays Journal. <laughs> so <laughs> get Jays Journal guys here. Yeah. Really nice relationship. So. Henry, it was a pleasure having you on this evening. So hang out. We'll chit chat a little bit here after the show for a sec. Um, and Jason, anything you want to add before um, well, we get ready I, to do two claps know, and Rick, Rick Flair here? Great job, Henry, as usual. Like and you. then when you told me you're right for the Oilers again, I mean, like that's like saying you're right for the Yankees. Um, well, ah, there it is. <laughs> kidding. They suck. Says uh, the Canuck. <laughs> I, no, I am. I am a non-affiliated. I know, I'm your balls in Vancouver. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Things have gone so poorly here. I've actually just and to that point, just quickly, I was realizing how much hockey I did watch before and how much little I have watched since that point. Oh, if I was and, a Canucks yeah. fan right now, I couldn't turn on the TV. You, you've got nothing. That's how it's been for a Sabres fan for the last yeah. how many years? <laughs> the Sabres are good. Anyway, yeah, this is the yeah, finally. Um, finally. Little League's getting going. I'm excited about that. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping, you know, with this platform to be able to discuss our Lynn Valley 11-12 uh, team a lot as we get going on a push to Cooperstown. Um, the boys are, are fired up and and we can't be, you know, we can't be more excited uh, to have baseball season started, even though it was like a, we had an atmospheric river today just to smack us in the face to say, you're not playing baseball for a month. So. <laughs> that's it. That's all that I got. Point, if, you, either, if anybody ends up in Cooperstown, you got to let me know. I'm only three hours from there. <laughs> yeah, and Marcus Stroman, if you want to come on the show. Yeah, come on. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, Blue Jays fans, that's our show for this evening. We will be back next Wednesday at 7 o'clock Eastern. Make sure you tune in to the live show and comment and chat, chat with us. Thank you for everybody that did uh, hop onto the show and at least watch with us tonight. But come on, this is the barroom chat. We need more chat. <laughs> Get, um, this is your action item. Get getting in with us and and talk. We can't be right all the time. Let us hear it. So anyways, um, if you haven't listened to the live shows, make sure you find us on anywhere. You can get the podcasting pleasures from the Apple, Spotify, Google podcasts, any of those kind of wonderful places. And until next week, boys, this is where we do two claps and a Ric Flair. One, two, three. Let's go. Blue Jays. for that one. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdwatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! <laughs> 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.